Hello everyone, Craig Dunkerley here and welcome to the Beyond Growth Show. I'm here with the always wonderful Claudia Harvey. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 39. For all our listeners and viewers, the Beyond Growth Podcast is a podcast for everyone who wants to increase their wealth. Craig and I are business owners and investors and we share insights into building wealth and we introduce you to expert guests as well. We use the three pillars of possibilities, which include emotional support, business strategy, and financial understanding to help our listeners and viewers with their goals. So how are you today, Craig? I'm doing great, Claudia. How about yourself? I'm so glad you asked. I am amazing. And ask me why. And why are you amazing? <laughs> well, we have ex- we're at episode 39, and we've expanded our listeners and viewership to Finland, Ireland, Norway, India, Mexico, and the UK. Isn't that, that is, amazing? That is awesome. That is fantastic. So the welcome world. from the new countries. <laughs> That's right. Everybody welcome and, and share our podcast with other people because obviously wealth and money have no boundaries and we are a small world. So welcome, everybody. Welcome. Uh, Craig, who's our guest today? Today's guest is Diana Miriam, Chief Economist and host of the Optimal Finance Daily podcast. Diana is also the founder of the Economy Conference based on the FIRE movement. And the Economy Conference is spelled differently. We're going to delve into why that is spelled differently. It's Econo and then M-E and conference. So Diana has put this out and we're going to talk about what that means and how she's connected to her money, which is so super important because so many people are not connected to money as we've talked about before. Um, I'm really looking forward to having her on our show. Yeah, I am as well. And she'll also talk about the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. That sounds fantastic. What a conversation it'll be. Yes. So everybody, please remember to comment, like, and subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channel. And please comment and click the bell for any updates. So before we get going, Claudia always likes to start off with something positive. What do you have for us today, Claudia? I have something personally positive. Um, some of the listeners and viewers have heard about an episode in the past, with his, which is our Spot My UV founders. Spot My UV is the product that uh, Diggit Apparel, our company, bought in December of 2020. Spot My UV is headed to stores across the United States. And as of last count, we're in 7,200 stores with this product, brand new in the United States. So it's a product that will help people identify when they have to reapply their sunscreen in real time so you don't get burned. And you can use any sunscreen, it's great for any skin types. But I just wanna, I just wanna pat my, my uh, coworkers on the back and say, well done everybody, because we are headed to 7,200 stores across North America as of last count. That, that's fantastic. And you know, it's really great to watch that product and that company grow over the last six months and the expansion into so many different stores and so many more stores really shows that it's a product that people want and need. So fantastic job, you and the team, Claudia. It's absolutely amazing and gonna help people. Thank you so much. Let's bring on Diana. Hi, Diana. Hello, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure to have you on. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to be dying to hear what you have to say. Yeah, we're so much looking forward to today's conversation. Absolutely. Well, hopefully I don't disappoint. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, right? No pressure at all. (laughs) 
So Diana, tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to create the EconoMe conference. Sure. So I like to say that my money journey started probably back in the fall of 2015. I was living in New York City and I was 30 grand in debt. And, you know, I was probably 28 at the time. And I was, so I was approaching my 30th birthday, which I think for a lot of us is a very reflective birthday, right? You start to question like, what am I doing with my life? What's going on here, right? And so I had some big lofty goals and I recognized that my finances were really holding me back, largely due to the fact that I was not paying attention. So I decided to run a credit report on myself because I knew I was in debt, but I hadn't looked at like my collective debt. So I run that credit report and I realize that I am 30 grand in debt for absolutely no reason, just from simply not paying attention. So half of my debt was credit card debt from living outside my means, having my 20s in New York City, right? And then the other half of my debt was student loan debt, which 15 grand of student loan debt sounds like nothing to most people. Like, why is that a problem? That's actually not that bad at all. However, I went to college on a full academic scholarship. I should have had no debt. I took out debt for living expenses because it was offered to me and I didn't know anything about money. <laughs> so like, oh, this is offered to me. Why wouldn't I take it? So that's, that's the kind of financial situation I found myself in. And I had been so focused on my corporate career and climbing the ladder and just increasing my income. I thought that if I made more money, it would solve all of my issues. And I never really worried about my debt or even saving for retirement because I think I had the mindset of like, well, I'm going to be making millions of dollars one day. I'll figure out all this stuff later when my income is higher. And so I get to this point at 28 where I realize I have this debt and I realize that there's a kind of a sense of urgency here. Like this idea of I'll deal with it later. It just feels like too much time is ticking by. I'm probably going to need to address this now. And so I stumbled upon uh, the FIRE movement, which stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And the first blog I found was called Mr. Money Mustache. It's still around. It's one of the most popular blogs in the FIRE movement. And the, I like to describe finding this blog like a refreshing punch in the face. I had never heard anyone talk about money in this way. And it really helped me realize how much I was wasting my privilege, honestly. You know, I had, I had an okay income at the time, but I was mindlessly spending money and didn't have much to show for it. And what this blog showed me is that how just incredible, how much of an incredible resource money is. And you could either use it the way our consumerist culture tells us to use it, which is just to buy a bunch of stuff and luxuries. And when we have this image of what it means to be rich, it's the big house and the fancy car, right? That's what we imagine. And, but then if you think about what else it could buy you, it could buy you time. It could buy you options. It could buy you the ability to retire early. And it really had me questioning what kind of value I was getting out of the money I was spending. And it helped me think bigger about what my money could do for me. And that led me to make some drastic changes. I completely did a 180 and stopped wasting money, became really resourceful and creative and frugal. 
and ended up getting out of that 30 grand of debt in 11 months. And then from there, I started saving about 60% of my income, which opened just a whole nother world of possibilities for me that I couldn't even imagine when I first started. So I just get really excited about the topic of money and the fire movement, because for me, it really changed my life. And I think there's this attitude of optimism around what money can do for you versus a lot of the other stuff I was reading before talked about how reducing your expenses is such a struggle. Getting out of debt is a struggle. Saving money is a struggle, you know, and, and the fire movement just has a total different tone that really appealed to me. So um, <clears throat> you said so much in that little section that you're chatting about. Let's, let's talk about the FIRE movement and then I have a couple other questions. So describe the FIRE movement in more detail. Who's the audience? Who participates? Sure. Is it a whole community? Yeah. So the FIRE movement is basically a lifestyle movement with the goal of financial freedom. And it's really rooted in just really smart money management. When it comes to personal finance, the only thing there really is to know at the bare bones is spend less than you earn right? Increase the gap between your income and your expenses and invest the difference. I think when I, what it, what I get out of the fire movement is it's like financial literacy on steroids because most people are going to tell you, or most uh, financial planners rather will tell you to save 10 to 20% of your income for retirement, let's say, right? I was saving 60% of my income. I'm not doing anything fancy in my investments, I'm investing in low fee total market index funds. And a lot of people do it with real estate as well. So mm -hmm. it's not the investing part that creates the speed or ability to retire early. It's that gap between your income and your expenses. A lot of people just focus on the income side, but, but when you focus on the gap and increasing that gap, and there are so many ways that you can do that. There are lots of ways you can reduce your expenses. There's lots of ways that you can increase your income, but focusing on the gap, I think is where the power of the fire movement is. Um, so yeah, it's a community of people. A lot of people think that it is, uh, more geared towards high income people, which obviously it's a lot easier to increase the gap between your income and expenses when you have a higher income. But I would say that it appeals to anyone that's trying to supercharge their finances. There, there's an aggressiveness about it that I think is really appealing. One thing that surprised me, and I know we'll get into the economy conference in a minute, but 20% of our audience is over 50. That was so surprising to me because a lot of people think of the fire movement and retiring early as geared towards younger people. But if you didn't start saving until you're older, you're probably going to need to save 50% of your income if you're ever going to retire. So the aggressiveness of the fire movement, I think, appeals to an older demographic that maybe got a late start. I think... The FIRE movement appeals to a younger demographic that doesn't want to subscribe to the 99 to 5 until they're 65, right? Is there another way to go about this? And what options can open up if you manage your money a little bit differently? Right. Uh, Diana, I really love a few things that you said there. Actually, I love all of it. But <laughs> a couple of things really stood out to me is, and the first one was when you, you pulled your credit. You know, that sounded to me like the first time you really connected uh, to your money. And one of the things that you know, we've recognized for years is that so many people aren't connected with their money. 
and therefore many years down the road have no idea that they're not getting where they really want to be. So that step you took to just look at your debt and where it moved to is really incredible that you took that on and you continued to go with it. And you had the, the due diligence to, to knuckle down and do what you needed to do. But I also really liked when you talked about um, using index funds and real estate, you know, taking away those large fees that are destroying people's growth in their investments and then the opportunities of real estate. So I, I really love what you're talking about. But, you know, as we move forward a little bit here, um, we, you talked about different age groups and mm -hmm. what generation, because, you know, we talk about young, we talk about old and, you know, most people don't think about their finances till later. You started off very nice and early, which is fantastic. You have to start early, but what generation do you feel really needs the most guidance in getting connected with their money? Mm. Well, I wish young people would think about it more because many of us in the fire movement all say, man, I wish I would have known about this when I was just getting started out. Because a lot of us have to dig out of money mistakes in order to like be able to then turn things around. And if we were to, if, if we were to be able to prevent getting into those money mistakes in the first place, we'd be a lot further along, you know? Um, I think that if young people could recognize that saving for retirement is not just something that benefits you when you're 65, that it can actually benefit you a lot earlier in life. So for example, you know, I got gung-ho about reaching financial independence and a big way to do that is obviously you're saving and investing a large proportion of your income. And the kind of place to start is I like to fully leverage tax advantaged accounts. So I was fully funding my 401k, that's 19,500 a year, fully funding my Roth, uh, Roth IRA, so 6,000 a year. And I also did an HSA, so 3,500 a year. So it's like $29,000 a year I was saving. Most people don't do that. I think less than 10% of people fully fund their 401k. Even people making really good six-figure incomes, less than 10% of people will, will fully fund. But what that allowed me to do is doing that four years in a row led me to this status of, that we call Coast Fi. And what that means is that I have enough um, in my retirement vehicles that if I didn't contribute one more dollar, it will grow through the power of compound interest to what I need at 65 to retire at traditional retirement age. So essentially, I've like opened up a level of the game where I don't need to save anymore for traditional retirement if I don't want to, right? I'm already covered there. So now if I lose my job or I decide to take a lower paying job, it opens up the option for me to do that. That's something I'm enjoying right now even though retire, like traditional retirement is many years away. So I, I think that, that that mindset can really benefit young people that aren't motivated to retire, like save for retirement because it just seems like such a long time away. It's actually something that you can leverage now if you can get that savings goal out of the way. Yeah, I, I think what you're talking about there, Diana, is the power of compounding. And so many people don't realize the power of compounding. You talked about how we generate this debt in our life and then we're catching up and then we start investing later on in life and you've lost all that time that you could have been compounding 
where you flip the model like you've done, and all of a sudden you're putting your 29,500 away a year, and then that money's gonna benefit from compounding for you, right? And that's where it's really making the difference from you from what I hear. Absolutely, yep. We moved away from the economy conference. So let's circle back to that. Sure. Tell us what it is and, and actually spell it for our audience. Yes. Okay. So economy, just like the spelling of my first name, I love misspelled words apparently, uh, but economy is spelled with an M-E versus an M-Y. And essentially it's an event I created. It, it came out of the question, me, me asking myself, what would I do with my time if I didn't have to work for money? right? Because if I reach financial independence and I do end up retiring early, I'm not going to just sit around and twiddle my thumbs, right? Like what, what do I want to do with my time if I didn't have to worry about making money? And so I decided I wanted to create a party about money because it's something that really inspired me and changed my life. And I am a, a very extroverted person. I love going to events and there's this event that I go to every year called the World Domination Summit, which I know sounds ridiculous, like it's produced by Pinky and the Brain or something like that, right? <laughs> but it's this event that is all about unconventional living. And actually, Mr. Money Mustache spoke there one year. That's how I, I learned about it. And every time I go, I'm surrounded by these people living very unconventional lives. And the energy in the room is just intoxicating. And Every time I go, I just leave with this sense that my life is so full of possibility. You know, it's just the level of inspiration from an in-person event and the people that you can meet. It, it just really impacted me. And I felt, what if I cr could create something that made other people feel that way about money? <laughs> That's really what inspired me to do it. So this event is essentially... Um, it's a conference where we have main stage speakers that talk about a lot of different topics surrounding financial independence. There'll be some really inspirational type speeches, like one of my favorites from last year, and you can check this out on my YouTube channel. I have all the speeches from last year up there for your viewing pleasure. Uh, but one of my favorite speeches is called The Journey to Enough. And it talks about, yes, how much is enough money, right? This conference is about money, but how much is enough success? How much is enough stuff? How much is, how much is enough friends, right? It really kind of uh, takes that concept and, and expands it to other areas of your life. Then there's more tactical speeches, like what do you do about student loan debt? Um, I have an amazing speaker this year that's going to talk about medical billing fraud, which is an $80 billion problem that no one is talking about. Um, I have another speaker that's going to talk about uh, credit card hacking. So how do you use points for tree free travel? Um, so yeah, it's a collection of main stage, main stage speakers. And then we also have breakout sessions. And the idea there is that, yes, there's a lot of knowledge up on the main stage, but there's also a ton of knowledge in the room. And so the breakout sessions allow uh, attendees to get in the room with other people to share resources and make connections. Really, this what I, the reason why I call it a party about money is that this is not a stuffy, financial workshop where you're coming with a spreadsheet and you're going to walk out with a financial plan. That's not what it is. It's about inspiration and community. You're going to get inspired about money and recognize how, the kind of opportunities it can open up for you. Um, and then you're going to find community to help you kind of fuel that fire as, as you're going along your path. 
I love this quote that I came across recently that talked about um, the power of community. And it said, if you look at your inner circle and you're not inspired, you don't have a circle, you have a cage, oh, right? Wow. And so what I love about economy in, and even just seeing this in my own life, when I surrounded myself with people who were doing incredible things with their money, I started to, to do incredible things with my money. And I mean, there is a, a great community online. You know, you can go, there are tons of Facebook groups about this. You can go on Reddit. There's a lot of community around the fire movement that you can access online. That just wasn't my style. I, I like to have conversations like this. I want to meet in person. That's what, that's more what I like face to face. And so I felt that there was a need for that within the fire community. And when it comes to learning about this stuff, you can, there's so many free resources online to learn about money and to even learn about the fire movement and come up with your plan. But to be able to like bounce that off of other people, other really smart people in the community, it's, it, I mean, that to me has been such an incredible value. Um, and I find this community be, to be incredibly creative, knowledgeable, and generous uh, with their time and their resources. So, so yeah, it's, uh, I, in short, I call it a party about money and you're all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I love parties. I love money. <laughs> I love that. So I'm going to be there. Um, I'm just curious with, uh, with the last year, did you have your uh, conference in person or was it virtual? And are you, it in was again? in it was in person and you're not going to believe this. I still, I have to pinch myself sometimes, but, um, it happened on March 7th of 2020, one week before everything shut down. Wow. So I spent 20 months planning this event. It was a huge investment of my own time and money. I would have been devastated if I would have had to cancel it. So I got really, really lucky. And this year, obviously, you know, the pandemic is still a concern. We were originally supposed to have it in August, but we're expecting 700 people. So we need to make sure it's safe. We pushed it back to November. And then I have like a second backup date for March of 2022. So we did, we decided not to switch to a virtual event because again, the main, the, I think the main benefit of this conference is inspiration and community. And I don't feel like I can give that to you through a screen. If you're most interested in the main stage speakers, like I got you, I'll give that to you for free. I record all, I've got great production, video production. I invest a lot in that. Go to my YouTube channel. You can see all the speeches for free. I, you know, that to me is one aspect of the conference, but those main stage speakers almost just like give us an excuse to all get in the same room. And I really think the magic of this event are the people that you, that you meet there and the relationships that you forge on your financial journey. Yeah, that, that's great, Diane. And I was actually just about to bring that up is what I hear you talking about is it's about relationships and who you surround yourself with. And it's quite interesting that our, our guest last week actually talked about the same thing, not talking about money, but talking about in business. It's the relationships that you generate and hold on to that will really help you grow to where you want to be and where you need to be. So I love that you brought that relationship conversation into today's show. But, you know, as you know, the Beyond Growth Show is all about people getting connected with their money in order to achieve their financial goals. Uh, if you could give one tip, and I think you've already given it, but you've given quite a few, which is wonderful. But if you could take one, what would it be? What would, tip would you give the audience to help them get started with getting connected with their money? 
I think the number one way to get started is awareness. Just like how I ran that credit report, another thing that I still do is I track every dollar I spend. And having that really intimate connection with what are my expenses and how I'm spending money, it allows me to just be very thorough in making decisions about my money. Um, also, keeping those expenses low is like a superpower. You know, when you when you don't have high fixed costs, it just opens up so many options and helps you navigate the things life throws at you very easily. So yeah, I, I would encourage the, if it's a starting point, it's all about awareness and not being afraid to look because a lot of people have a lot of shame and embarrassment about money. This is fixable. It's 100% fixable, but you have to be willing to face the music. I find, I just want to touch base on that for a second. I find many people are embarrassed mm -hmm. about their debt, about the, you know, they, they look perfect on the outside, but they have a lot of financial stresses plus life stresses on the inside. And they don't even like to talk about it because yeah. it opens the door, the crack to have people see inside their lives and see what kind of messes they have. But that's actually the first start, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because you have to acknowledge that and you have to own it. Ha uh ha, -huh, funny. And then, <laughs> it's a double entendre there. And then you have to figure out how to get around it. And you're talking about how to get around it by connecting to money, which is which is exactly what uh, Craig talks about um, through his whole career as well. So, yeah, very yeah, it, 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 yeah. it's quite It's quite interesting. I was talking with a, a new client uh, just last week. And repeatedly, she said, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. But when I looked at her situation, it's so similar to so many other people, right? Yeah. You don't have to be embarrassed. If you hide it under the rug, you can't fix it. Let it out there. Uh, get connected with it. Like you said, Diana, absolutely. You need to, to take ownership, as Claudia said. Take some responsibility and just say, it is what it is. How do I fix it? And I agree with you, Diana. It's not that hard to fix. Yeah. One thing that, one mantra I would say that has really helped me, not just with money, but in a lot of things. Like, you know, one of the things I was able to do is go walk the Camino, which is a 500 mile trek across Spain. I did that back in 2017, or even starting my own business with the Economy Conference. A mantra for me has been, let your curiosity be bigger than your fear. Because if you're just willing to be curious and you're following that, the, the kind of carrot of your curiosity, it's going to lead you to things that you couldn't even imagine. You know, if you're, if you're stifled by fear, it kind of keeps you where you are. So how do you allow your curiosity to be bigger than that fear? I think that's wonderful. You've given us two amazing quotes and we always end our podcast with quotes. So we're not, not going to give a quote today. We're going to just go back into your quote. That's wonderful. Um, very inspiring, really inspiring. Tell me really quickly, because we're starting to run out of time, but tell us really quickly, how was that 500 mile trek across Spain? I've always wanted to do that. I've actually never met somebody that actually has. Oh, well, now you know me. So yeah. when you do go, like, let's review your packing list. I'll totally give you tips and all, all, everything that I learned. It was an incredible life experience that really met, getting my money in order is what allowed me to do it. And most people that I met on the trail were more at traditional retirement age. You know, they waited until traditional retirement to be able to have that life experience. And so I felt really fortunate to be able to do it in the middle of my career. Um, I think that the Camino, it's a hard thing, right? Same as getting out of debt. It's a hard thing. And the more 
you can challenge yourself and do these hard things, the more you want to tackle the next challenge, you know, the more you start to like level up and want to do more hard things. So I think it's just a fun part of life to be able to touched on a number of times about money. Money provides choices. Money does not make you happy. No. It provides choices to allow you to live the dreams and the life that you want to live. Um, one more thing I want to touch upon, and I, you know, I'd love to have you back because there's so many things that we could touch upon. Um, part of, in business, I've always I've, I've heard about the, the, the gap, which mm -hmm. is, where you are in business and where you want to be aspired to be and you get to where that is and then you want to aspire to more and then more so you're never satisfied with where you are and you said that your conference and the the um the movement that you're part of talks about that gap in terms of money right so can you talk a little bit about that yeah well i think what i've learned is that contentment is a skill I heard someone say on a podcast the other day that fear is free, but hope takes work. And I think that goes for contentment too. It takes work. It, it's same, very similar to the, the idea that if you can't manage $1,000, you can't manage a million dollars because money management is a skill that you have to hone over time. And I think contentment is the same way. If you're not content where you are now, to think that you'll be content when you reach financial independence is a lie. It's just It just doesn't work that way. And I think the reason is because you know, money opens up options, but it also opens up space to start asking bigger questions. When I reached a 60% savings rate, in theory, I could have kind of kept asking myself the same question of how do I reduce my expenses, increase my income, increase the gap, get to five faster, right? That And that is a route that many people go. But what I decided to start asking was, how do I want to spend my time? Who do I want to spend it with? What do I want to create? Those are like very, those questions are a lot harder, but you get the privilege of asking them when, when you, I think when you get the resource of money more under control, it, it, it's like this opportunity that presents itself and it's, it's there for the taking. Um, but I think you, you, you know, you're never, you never really are able to build that space if you're on this treadmill of consumerism and thinking, you know, working the nine to five till you're 65. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Diana, it's been a pleasure having you on and how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Yeah. So if you go to economyconference.com and remember economy is a, that obnoxious Emmy at the end, economyconference.com, there you can sign up for my newsletter. That's probably the way that I'm most in contact with, with people is through my newsletter that I send out maybe twice a month. Um, you can also go on YouTube and watch all the videos and kind of see what the conference is all about. I also am the host of a podcast called Optimal Finance Daily. And this is a daily show where I actually read to you from other personal finance bloggers. And then I offer my own commentary on it. So it's like one article a day, 10, you know, less than 10 minutes a day. And it just kind of enables you to, to keep your personal finance goals kind of front and center. Awesome. That's great. Um, so I 
like I mentioned, we always close with a quote. And I'm not going to do the quote that I would like to do. Do you have any, you've now given us three quotes. Would you like to do anything else, a quote that you have near and dear to your heart that inspires you? I now put you on the spot, haven't I? <laughs> no, I love it. I actually, there's this quote that kind of goes along with what I was saying about like, using money to open up the bigger questions in life. And, and I, I really, I've gotten to a place where I'm just so focused on my own personal development because I realize that money can't buy happiness, right? That's, that's a different kind of work. Um, but I love this quote that I have taped to my uh, monitor here. It's from Jim Rohn. And he says, your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. Oh, lovely. Beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. really great. That's And I think you embody that, Diana. I think it's fantastic. That's just fantastic. <laughs> um, everybody, we're coming to a close. And um, Diana, best of luck with your economy conference. And hopefully it can be in November of 2021. But nice to know it's in March of 2022 if we can't. Hopefully by November we can open up the world again, which would be a lovely thing to do. Fingers crossed. Um, fingers crossed, exactly. <laughs> So our next guest, everybody, is Miriam Baker. She's founder and designer of Miriam Baker Designs, creating clothing for women with large busts that are designed to fit and flatter their curves. Um, so thank you once again so much, Diana, for being a part on our show. And everyone, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that notification bell, get updates to our latest podcast. And thank you again, Diana. Thanks for having me.